0: Back on track. That's the goal for BYU football's offense anyway. What kind of performance do the Cougars need to make everything feel right on offense? And BYU wide receiver Chase Roberts tells us why he is doubling down on a big performance from Keaton Slovis and company this weekend.
1: Plus, the NFL returns tonight. Andy Reed and the Chiefs are in the spotlight. And super sub Aaron Bailey from Women's Soccer talks about being number one playing at Utah Saturday.
0: Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, September 7th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, a man who is mapping out the best way to beat SUU on Saturday.
1: Now, Captain Butter, who is a huge BYU fan, his Twitter profile says he's invested a little too much in BYU Mm -hmm, football. mm yesterday did something unbelievable he's a pilot so, so he's flying his plane and he 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 flew in the byu uh, stretch y logo and spelled out beat suu <laughs> what this is unbelievable he said had some time to kill in the plane today figured you guys might appreciate this you gotta log those hours unfortunately the greatest thing that could happen during the byu football season has now happened there's nothing BYU can do to top <laughs> this event oh my gosh
0: this is one of the coolest things ever. I need Greg Short and all the other airplane pilots. I texted pilots. Greg.
1: I have yet to hear back whether they, he, he can do this. I need,
0: I need all pilots that may see this show at some point to tell us if this is actually a thing. Can you confirm that that
1: actually happened? Because if it did... Amazing. That's that's the uh, San Juan Islands, by the way. So, pretty <laughs> uh, cool, ladies man. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, we're going to have a slight delay on today's flight. Uh, there are some sharp turns and twists <laughs> yeah. that you don't expect. Don't mind those. All part of a bigger
1: project. Uh, yeah. Uh, shift happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jay Waite said, etch a sketch in the sky. Yeah, that's amazing. Etch a sketch in the sky. Yes. Holy mech That's well
0: played. All oh, rise and shout. Let's fly to what's trending.
2: We have uh, higher expectations on the offensive well. And a diving catch made. I've seen it before. Let's just get it back.
0: We're going to be a really good offense this year. What's Trending Presented by Feast Box, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. The key for the BYU offense this week, I think, is just to show that they are where we thought they would be
1: in week one, to get back on track. Like anti-Dennis Miller. We are who they thought they were. And we let them off the hook. No, we're going to let them on the hook. All right. This week. So
0: with that in mind, with BYU only scoring 14 points against Sam Houston and so what? much emphasis being placed on, well, what is the offense going to do to rectify this thing? How is Keaton Slovis going to look in game number two? Will these two best receivers be back in the lineup? And if they're not, how does the offense get going? Is the offensive line going to play better? I know Trevor Maddich cares a lot about that this week after what he said on Monday. Jeremy, in your opinion, what does BYU's offense need to do against Southern Utah for you to feel like, indeed, the
1: offense is back on track? Score points, man. 40-plus. Got to get in the 40-plus range. Obviously, I'd love more, but you got to at least get to that number against Southern Utah. I would like to see 500 yards. I would like to see six yards of carry. I would like to see eight yards per pass. I would like to see 10-plus explosive plays. That is 15-plus yard pass, 10-plus yard rush. They
0: had one, I am they had not one against Sam Houston, right? Two, two.
1: uh, They had four rushes, two passes. I am, I am not holding this BYU offense to a different standard based on game one. I'm holding them to the preseason standard here of what I expect them to be, and uh, so I'm not. I'm basically chucking the Sam Houston game out a little bit. I'm going to ignore it a little bit because I think in this game you got to. This is a confidence game. You, you, you've got to play well. You've got to win big. You've got to make some really nice plays. Like, if the BYU defense gave up, like, 21 in this game, but BYU got to 50, Correct. I'd almost rather see that than an another underwhelming offensive performance but a shutout. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, if I, have to, if I have to emphasize one side of the ball, and I think we're all in on offense this week, the defense showed it did a really nice job, it will certainly be tested in a different way starting next week against Arkansas. But that's what I need to see. I'm not keeping the standard low. I need BYU to stay healthy, stay thirsty, and let's see some points, baby.
0: To explain what I want specifically, let's examine the past of the BYU offense under the play calling of Aaron Roderick. You know what I want, Jerem? I want A-Rod's offense to do what he has done since he took over primary play calling in 2020, which is average 36 points a game and put up 465 yards plus per game. Look at the yards per play and yards per pass. Those numbers were not close last week. Under four yards per play in some regards. I mean, I, I want the BYU offense to look like the typical Aaron Roderick offense that has taken the field over the last three seasons. So, I mean... I don't think 36 points is too much to ask. I don't think 465 yards plus against Southern Utah's defense is too much to ask.
1: And that's a, that's on average against everybody. That includes all yes. the P5s. that's not, that's so not against, FCS opponents. Against Southern Utah, it should
0: be way more. Well, let's examine that. Let's take a look at BYU versus FCS opponents. Again, since Aaron Roderick has been the play caller. This is against FCS competition. They have scored almost 55 per game. 560 yards per game, 10.1 yards per pass, and 5.6 yards per rush.
1: That that is where you should be in a game like this.
0: I know that Southern Utah might be on an uptick, and I like Coach Fitzgerald. I think he's a really good football coach, and he's got the guys motivated. This is an angry BYU team, and they should be, especially on offense after hearing about how Not well they played against Sam Houston. They should show up motivated and ultra-aggressive. Absolutely. So I would love to say, yeah, I expect 55 points. I don't. My expectations have been modified because of what we saw in week number one and some of the things we know that are happening and some injured receivers and whatnot. But I do expect at least 36 points and at least 465 yards of total
1: offense. I said that I haven't, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't adjust my expectation based on game one. Well, I totally did. I said 40. I would normally say 50 in this ga- game, if not more, right? Uh, and Kalani Satake uh, has way more sportsmanship than I would. Um, he, he would. He pulls back the reins in the fourth quite a bit. The old BYU teams, like they would in the, in the third and fourth, they were still checking it quite a bit. Uh, Kalani was going to run the ball quite a bit uh, in this one. I'm interested to see not only the sort of outcome here, because there's outcome-based things that, obviously, in sports at this level, at this age, not for my 5- or 10-year-old, I don't care whether they win or lose. It's about the process, right? But there's a process element to this that is important for BYU, the, the struggle. you got to execute better on third down. And fourth down. Do not punt nine times. I want to see three punts in this game or fewer. The
0: fourth down struggles continue, Jerem. One yes. for
1: three against Sam Houston. <laughs> three and outs, four. No. You, like We need to see Aiden Robbins run the ball well. That is really important in this game. If he struggles again, well, it's not going to happen. I just don't see it. But if he struggles again, there's some real issues there, right? Any kind of struggle on offense in any area after two games with one team that has played one game as an FBS and now another FCS, there would be massive concern, Spencer, going into, obviously, Arkansas, Kansas, Cincinnati, and so on and so forth. This is a really critical game for the offense to show everybody, including themselves and the fan base and us, who are they? What are they? Yes. Because these are the two easiest games on the schedule. I it's know. It's only uh, harder from here. So, BYU, th- I mean, there's some pressure to perform. They don't – like, in the next 10 games, the offense and defense don't have to play well. They just need to win the game. Like, we won't hold them to the same standard we are in these first two games. We are – we are – Pulling back the, sur- the, the screen a little bit and going, who is this team? They need to show us something Saturday. There's some pressure to do so.
0: I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because of the whole strange scenario of the tragedy surrounding Mata Taase. Like that was terrible. Missing your top two receivers. It was game number one.
1: All these new guys Aaron together. Aaron asked said it I was chase about that. Later. It was
0: haywire on the offensive line, and like, they're not why? making the right blocks. And receivers well, are running why not? the wrong routes. Like. Yeah. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt because of game number one and the weird circumstantial things that were going on around the team. It's it's time to show up now. If they don't in game two, then we have to reassess expectations.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like if the BYU offense doesn't put up 30 plus, I might be like, I don't like. Is a bowl game gonna happen? How are you gonna outscore Big 12 teams? How are you gonna do that if you can't do it? They're gonna win Sam at Arkansas, but. I expect BYU to show up. I expect BYU to play really well, to restore some faith and confidence uh, among people who who talk about this. I talk about it with Chase. It's basically the the following interview coming up with Chase Roberts is a PSA about why the offense is coming (laughs) Like, I I sort of turned off the, like, neutral question asking, and it was more like, tell me why it's going to be fine. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah. So that's coming up.
0: I had somebody ask me, how long is the leash for Keaton Slovis? And I was like, (laughs) infinite. It's infinite. No. It, it would take something, heaven he, forbid, he would, have that to would throw prevent him from not seven, being able to throw a football 10 yes. yards down the field for him to not be the seven starter. Seven picks
1: in a row. Keaton's going to
0: be great on Saturday. Mark it down. Yeah. Save this for worst take Wednesday in the future if I'm wrong. But I'm not going to be wrong. He's going to be great on
1: Saturday. If there are issues, we'll say there are issues. Come on now. Okay, topic two. let Let's Let's specifically look at a few hypothetical scores and see if that is good enough. Producer Colton, hit us. Mm. All right. Your first hypothetical score is BYU thirty, Southern Utah seven. Okay, okay. is that good enough, Spence? A, tw- a twenty-three <laughs> point win. I I think that'd be good enough.
0: It's it's okay. I it's mean,
1: not enough points. It, but but winning by twenty-three. And it depends and on how BYU got 30. to
0: 30. let's say BYU scores. 27 in the first half, and then Kalani not takes his enough. foot off the gas. Yes, not good enough. It's like, oh, they only kick a field goal, but they got a bunch of guys in the game. Southern Utah scores a garbage touchdown. late. So let's say it's 27 to nothing the well in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, I would be okay with this. I'm not going to say, yep, BYU's back on track. I-, I told you what I need. I need at least 36 points. I need a typical Aaron Roderick
1: Production yes. performance from the offense, and that's against everybody. That's not FCS. Yes, thirty. I need at least is, thirty-six. I'm okay. It, <sighs> it's barely okay. okay. It's it's barely. It's probably under. It's probably not good enough.
0: Thirty to seven. I like the seventy, and the defense is done again.
1: Again, we're not looking at just this game. We're looking at what does this mean for the season, given yeah. Sam Houston, given this game. Like, there's there's pressure. Okay, well, what else you got, Cole? All right, the next score: BYU forty-two, Southern Utah seventeen.
0: I'm totally okay with this. I'm 100% okay with this.
1: Because 42?
0: BYU scores 42. And whatever, 17 points. Southern Utah scored 17 points. I I would imagine that they probably got a late touchdown. It's probably 35-10 to for, you know, (laughs) into the fourth quarter. Did they block
1: another punt in return for a touchdown? Like, is that how it happened?
0: No, I am 100% okay with this. 42-17? 42-17?
1: I'd be just fine who, with that. Who is you know sounding an alarm 17. at 17?
0: Who's sounding an alarm at this? Oh, how'd
1: you give up 17? What? No. It's no. more about the offense in this game. Yes. The, the defense gave us a real um, inkling of what they could become.
0: If BYU scores 42 points. That's enough. They have pushed 500 yards of total offense. Totally. And, and that will be a stark that, contrast that with the 200 enough. and what, 45 yards? Oh, no, so they had 265 B- they had 265 against Sam Houston, right? 257. Two, not even 265. Okay. <laughs> 257. It was bad. But if they score 42 points, they're yeah. pushing 500 yards yes. of total offense.
1: That, that's enough. Like, and, defensively, don't like that number per se, but, but I don't care as much about that. The pace of
0: the game is faster, too. Like, BYU has more possessions, which means so they score more. Southern Utah is going to have
1: more chances. I to score. thought that they cut down the clock. And, no. by the way, the NCAA said that it's reduced the game time by two minutes. Oh Oh, no! But Aaron Roderick and other uh, coaches have said, "Well, we we we're getting more plays in at tempo to make up for that." For those those plays, there are ways
0: to accommodate the rule change. Okay, do we have another? Okay, Colton Potter, what do you have for us? Yeah, the next score: BYU fifty-one, Southern Utah fourteen. Yeah. Does anyone would anyone have an issue with this? This is typical BYU versus FCS score.
1: Yeah, I, I would prefer like one score from Southern Utah, but again, it's about the offense. It's about the offense. Like, 51, do we all just have this massive exhale as Cougar (sighs) Probably. Yes. If BYU scored 51
0: points on Saturday. A lot of
1: touchdowns. We saw Aiden Robbins run the rock effectively. Deion Smith in the screen game. BYU's distributing the ball in the pass game. Let's go. Yeah. How sharp does the
0: offense look? And if you score 51 points, the offense did some great
1: things. Yeah, you're looking super sharp. Keaton Slovis
0: probably throws for at least 300 yards with that total right there. Okay,
1: we need a sketchy one, okay? Colton, give us that the last. That's kind one. of a
0: weird one. Thirty to seven is a little weird. Well, BYU even... twenty,
1: <laughs> Southern Utah zero. Oh. <laughs> okay, the donut is awesome, no doubt. And yeah, we'd be like, oh, the defense oh, is the real. Defense is... Shutouts back to back. Twenty stinks. No, no. You have to score more no. than twenty points.
0: Like we'll, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Our expectations going into Arkansas will be,
1: can we score two touchdowns?
0: Can BYU? <laughs> yeah. Can can BYU is the defense good enough? to, like, keep them within a couple of touchdowns of Arkansas.
1: To stay within two scores. Yeah, this, w- this would be uh, the, the worst 2-0 start in BOA history. <laughs> <laughs> like, <it'd> be, <laughs> if BYU was 14, to, best defense in the country. Eh, the schedule's oh, okay. soft at the front. You took care of business. That would not be enough. That was the perfect... Fourth scenario. Wow, Thank 20 you.
0: 20 to nothing. Yeah, I love the shutout scenario. We game. had
1: not seen those scores, by the way. We did not know. But no.
0: it would be very, very hard to justify that things are yeah. okay going into Arkansas. Not okay. If your offense has only scored a combined 34 points for the first two games. And what if
1: one of those is a scoop and score? So the offense score. What's two, what, two a, touchdowns
0: a defensive touchdown? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no. BYU's got to have more than 20. 40 plus. 40-plus. Let's go. Give me at least at least 36 points. BYU scored 37 last time they played Southern Utah. Like, Give me at least 36 to 37.
1: And that was kind of low, honestly. Let's like go. with Jamal Williams. Come on. I think Harvey Long, he was rushing in that game. Our question
0: of the day. What does BYU's offense need to do against Southern Utah specifically? 40-plus! For you to feel like the offense is back on track. 40 at 40 air 40. underscore Gordon 12 yep. from X says... Most people say 40-plus points, and I'd assume that would come with this. But I just want to see the offensive line dominate okay. and more pass completions in the intermediate to
1: long range. There were three for 10, as we chronicled.
0: Those seem to be the biggest issues against Sam Houston. With yes. those fixed, 40-plus points shouldn't be hard. And you said two 15-yard pass plays. I only remembered one. Is that right?
1: There were Yeah, it was two pass,
0: four rush. Two passes of 15 or more. Yeah. Man.
1: Uh, BYU's got to have more than that. BYU does not have a 25-yard play in the game.
0: Stonely Justin answers on Instagram. Nice. Clean pocket, create holes for the running backs to get to the second level quickly, average 5.2 yards per play. Very specific. And put up more than 42 points. Is that 5.2 yards per rush? Because I I want more than 5.2 yards per play.
1: Yeah. I want closer to like 7 or 8 yards per play. Yes, per play last week, BYU's 3.8, by the way. They did not hit
0: 4. No. They didn't hit 4 yards per play. No. It's got to be way better than that. Yeah, 5.2 yards per rush I'm yeah, on board it, with.
1: Listen, Chase Roberts expects big things. That's coming up. Uh, you'll tease in a sec, but uh, join the, the crew this Saturday for BYUSN game day. We'll get you ready two hours ahead of BYU in Southern Utah. Got to score! One Eastern time on BYU TV.
0: All right, Jerem has adequately teased it. We're going to do a little bit more. Wide receiver Chase Roberts will join Jerem to go one-on-one and tell him why he is so confident yep. that the offense will have a big-time bounce-back performance on Saturday.
1: This is BYU Sports Nation. Tell them, Chase. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. For the outside, Chase Roberts right to it's Chase Roberts. Chase Roberts escapes an initial tackle, spins his way to the line to gain.
0: We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. That opening drive for BYU was what we thought most of the game would be like.
1: More of that, huh? Like, they're capable. They showed it early. Against I don't want Sam to see Houston. Keaton Slovis need to run in this game. Please, no. Like that's a thing. He ten-
0: should not have two rushing
1: touchdowns in the ten P fives. <laughs> yes, when you need that, sure. But also keep that dude healthy, man. All right.
0: Uh, yeah, the offense and a big part of that opening drive was the man you spoke with yesterday, Chase Roberts.
1: He led BYU Spencer with five catches for 42 yards on eight targets. And he told me in this conversation you're about to see, you're just going to score some points. Why he believes that this Saturday, here's my conversation with the sophomore receiver. All right, Chase. Uh, an eventful week. People are freaking out about the offense. Uh, how does the offense feel about, uh, obviously, what you need to do this Saturday and the rest of the season?
2: Yeah, obviously, we, we didn't click uh, last Saturday. Um, and that's all things that we can fix. All the mistakes we made are what we fixed this week and what we're doing um, going forward. And, and we're going to put a lot of points on the board this week. And I can feel it uh, in the offensive room. Nobody panicked. Nobody was you know, on their heels. And we were, we're ready to go on our toes. and and t- going to take it to SEU so we're excited. Kalani Tuck said there were a lot of long faces in the locker room.
1: Was yeah. it was it weird after a win to was there like a weird vibe of like oh offensively we could have done a lot better?
2: Obvi- yeah, of course. Yeah, we've been a, a power offense. We've been scoring 30, 40 points a game and when we put up 14 against, you know, um, Sam Houston, that's it's obviously not not what we wanted to do. We want to put up points on the board and we want to go win games, you know, uh, by a lot and you know it was awesome to watch the defense so I think that's exactly what we needed I think it was a perfect game for us going forward um, on offense to have the little fire and then our defense to get some confidence going into into some of these games coming forward
1: when you see Jacob Robinson with two picks and Eddie Heckard, and and, and then Ryan Rico is just 260 plus bombs what, what is that like for the offense to see okay
2: we don't have to necessarily win this game they're winning it for us yeah no we love it I mean we saw it all fall camp like those dudes were giving us work and we were giving each other work and making plays on both sides of the ball. So to see them do the, do what they did Saturday was just awesome. I was so happy, so hyped for them. Um, and we're excited to see them do it again this Saturday. Is it as simple as,
1: with the amount of transfers, not having played a game together, that it takes maybe longer than we thought? Or is that no excuse because it should have just
2: yielded points in game one? I mean, there's always. There's always that. I mean, yeah, new guys, new system, playing in a new stadium, bigger. Um, things are loud, uh, but honestly, we were making plays during fall camp and just little things during the game that we we didn't do while we were what we were doing in fall camp. And I think that just comes to little little focus things and um, and getting down to, to the basics and stop um, stop look around. You know, enjoy the atmosphere, but also. Um, remember the little things and how, how good we we are and how we were playing during fall camp and how good our offense has been in the past. So um, we'll get back to it. Yeah.
1: You mentioned that you feel like, hey, we're going to put up a lot of points this Saturday. Yeah. What is it about this offense, this situation, this week that you feel like, hey, we're, we're going to do that this game?
2: Um, I feel like, like I said, last game was just little fixable things that we're going to fix this week um, that we honed in on, um, you know, these past couple days. And... We've been doing it during fall camp, and we've been scoring points on our amazing defense, right? So I think that's the confidence going in is let's just fix these little things that we did last Saturday, and then that's it's going to do it for itself. We're going to score points, you know, just by the way that that we do things right. So that's why I guess we're so confident going forward.
1: Yet there's uh, a lot of coaches that have coached an FCS on this team, including six that have been at Southern Utah. Yeah. So there's no way that this group overlooks a team like Southern
2: Utah because they've been at Southern Utah. Exactly. No, they, we're going to play hard. We know they're going to play hard and come at us. I mean, they they saw what we did on Saturday, which yeah. was not played very well. So we know that they're going to come and, and you know bring bring their all. So, uh, but we're excited and we're ready for that. We know they're going to try to you know pick our play calls and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, we've got some things for that, and, and we're prepared. We're ready to go.
1: Yeah, the OC was an analyst here, right? Exactly. So he knows exactly. some stuff. You have to mix up the signals or whatnot. <laughs> are, are, are there things, like how you signal in a play,
2: that have to change when there's a person on the other side like that? I'm not I'm not going to say a lot. I think Aaron Rod, <laughs> Coach A-Rod would be. Um,
1: you have to make an adjustment.
2: I mean, obviously, they, they've they coached on the, you know, yeah. uh, they know our offense. so. Um, but we're just going to go out and play, um, yeah. I'm just gonna go out and
1: play. V- veteran answer there, Chase. That's that's good. Um, talk to me about SU because they, uh, you know, put up 21 against uh, 14 on offense, seven on special teams against Arizona State. Gave Arizona State a game. Um, they're a team that obviously is gonna be hungry to play, guys. Especially watching. Oh, they only put up 14. Maybe we put up 21.
2: Exactly. No, it was fun to watch the, the Arizona State game and see how hard they played and how, how well they did. So uh, we're definitely hungry, ready to go, and um, you know we're gonna give it our all. If Keanu and Cody can play, yeah. what kind of difference does that make among the receivers? I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we played together. We've been in these situations, and um, it brings a confidence, obviously, um, when, you, when you've when you made plays together and when you've been around someone a little bit longer. So, um, you know, we're hoping they're healthy. If not, then, then we're still going to go out and, and do our thing. Um, me, with Darius and Keelan and Parker, you know, they've been performing well, so um, I think it'll all come together this Saturday, whether Keanu and Cody are there uh, and whether they're not. Talk to me
1: about your preference between a night game and an afternoon game, because this is the earliest you could play a
2: game. Yeah. Um, I personally would rather play at night, but I love, I love day games as well. Um, it's going to be a little hot, uh, so we're going to have to be prepared for, for a little bit more heat, a little sun in our eyes. Uh, but we just come out. I mean, it's football. You don't worry about the outside things. You just go play, and, and whatever circumstances there are, then you know it is what it is, so we're going we're gonna to go go play. I
1: can't tell if it's cor- uh, correlation or causation, but I think there's only what two losses since 2019 when you s- kick off at 6 or later local time. Yeah. That's that's crazy, right? What
2: is it about night games that that makes this team so good? I don't know. I don't know if it's just a random thing that happens or if it's uh, you know, the crowd and how how they get the energy at night. Some I don't know what it is, but um I feel like no matter what, we're gonna. I want to change that. I don't want it to be just, you know, we're playing good at night. I want it to be BYU football is dominant every day, whether it's 6 in the morning, whether it's 1 o'clock uh, when the sun's out, whether it's 8.15 at night. Or, so uh, we're going to change that, you know, this week and, and show that we can play whenever. Okay, Chase, thanks for the time. Best yeah. of luck, man. Of course. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: You've heard from the man. He expects big things from the offense this weekend. Looking at what the wide receiver room did against Sam Houston, I mean, less than ideal, Jerem. Not, there's, not there's, exactly anything
1: to write home about. There's, yeah, exactly. Um, the, but missionaries can seemingly write home way more often now. So anyway, um, long of 16 and 18 right there. There's your two passes. Yeah, the
0: one I was remembering was the over the middle shot to Darius Lassiter. Yeah. I've and forgotten the that, that Chase Roberts had received or had, had caught a 16-yard pass. But, yeah, but still, yeah. we're talking about a 16-yard pass and an 18-yard pass as the two most explosive pass plays from a BYU offense. Yeah. This is – people have reason to question, you know, if everything is okay.
1: Keanu Hill had a huge game against Utah Tech last year in the FCS game. If Keanu Hill can play, that makes a difference.
0: I expect him to play based on what I saw and my
1: conversation with him. We'll see. There you go. It's not my call. It's not his call, for Wait, what? I thought you were the athletic trainer. It's not even his call. Uh, but I expect him to play. Um, Cody Epps, if he can play, great. I don't, I don't need these guys to play very much though. Like if they get a couple drives, great. In fact, if they didn't play, I'm and it meant they were going to be way healthier starting next week. That's okay with me. I, yeah. They they both warmed up and then they decided not to go, and that was a good decision. Like if they play, does it mean another touchdown? I don't know that it means two more touchdowns, but there were other. Fixable things, as Chase Roberts said. He thinks they're they're very close to being way better, and they need to show it on Saturday. We expect they will.
0: Keanu's my guy. And, and again, I feel like Keanu is the closest thing BYU has to a Pukunukua approach to a receiver, which is he'll go up and high point the ball,
1: and he's physical at the top. I'd like to see Darius Lassiter in that mix as well. Sure.
0: Not not saying Darius can't do it. We've just seen it several times from Keanu where he just go up and get a ball. Yeah. Like it's thrown up. It's a 50-50 ball. He comes down.
1: He was off uh, especially good against Wyoming and Utah Tech last year. Keanu Hill, that is.
0: Uh, Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the
1: Utah Tech scenario. FCS. BYU plays in FCS. Yep. Let's make it happen. Get her done. And get ready for the game on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Live starting at 1 Eastern time this Saturday. Head of BYU in Southern Utah, baby. Still on the way, a janitor
0: drawing up winning NFL plays. What? One of the worst BYU helmets you have ever seen. And former BYU basketball star Eric Mika headed to the silver screen? What? It's a loaded show. How dare you? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU
1: Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. We're on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads.
0: Welcome back to Studio B, I am Spencer, he is Jeremy. Let's get to today's headlines, presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Start us off, Jeremy.
1: BYU football game two Saturday against Southern Utah, pregame on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 1 Eastern time. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick says there are some logistical challenges against the Thunderbirds. The
0: thing is they know our offense inside and out because they run the exact same offense
2: word-for-word, word, same same everything, same words, same signals, everything, because our one of our analysts was the OC the last couple years down there. So uh, there's some logistical challenges for us this week with how we operate on offense, um, and which, you know, that's a challenge, but
1: um, it's, it's going to be fun.
0: No sneaky SUU, no stealing signals. Frankly, it's up to BYU to change them so they don't.
1: It's legal to steal them. It's true.
0: The NFL season officially kicks off tonight with Andy Reid and Matt Bushman's Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Detroit Lions. Good luck to Andy. And hey, Detroit, you never should have traded Jamal, so you've earned what's coming to you.
1: (laughs) Okay, then. We'll call you Trevor Madich on this show. Number eight, women's volleyball begins playing the Cougar Challenge in Pullman, Washington with the doubleheader today playing six and one Towson at 1.30 Eastern. First meeting in any sport, by the way, between BYU and Towson. Then UC Irvine tonight at 8.30 Eastern.
0: The BYU women's tennis doubles team of Emily Astle and Jackie Dunyon currently ranked number 30 among all doubles teams in the Intercollegiate Tennis Association. preseason okay. rankings, top 30 to start. Let's go. Those are today's headlines. So now in the words of Devo, I say whip it. Whip it good. Nice. The Cougar Whip Round, presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's opine, Jeremy.
1: On a podcast recently, Andy Reid revealed he used a play call from a janitor, <laughs> scored a touchdown using Of course it. he did. Should Aaron Roderick be open to more <laughs> plays being submitted from random people? Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> just like, I like the, that Andy's just open to the idea of other people having a good idea. It doesn't yeah. matter like who it comes yeah. from. I'm just waiting for, uh, you know the the movie with Matt Damon in it, where Goodwill Hunting, where he's a janitor. Um, this is Goodwill Hunting too. Has written yeah. all over
1: it. Yeah, um, I asked Aaron Roderick if he can enjoy, like, just watch football and enjoy it, and he said no. Like, he's always analyzing what was good. You know, picking pieces. He always used uh, a play from the Chiefs themselves, but like a random source like that, like random <laughs> emailer. Who knows? But like, you take all the good that you can and see if you can't. That doesn't add to what you already have, yeah, right? Just just give. Why just
0: not? take a look. You, In a
1: book, Reading Rainbow.
0: Andy clearly would have been able to tell if it was garbage from the get-go, but he probably saw this and was like, this is actually a good idea. That's that's good against this coverage. Maybe we should do it. L.A. Rams star wide receiver Cooper Cup has been ruled out for this weekend's Rams season opener.
1: As a Seahawks fan, I'm so sad about it. Interesting. That. Well, how will
0: this impact Puka Nakua's Week One production with no Cooper Cup in the lineup?
1: Hey, could mean a, a couple more targets, right? So Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell are the primary kind of starters in front there, but uh, you know, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Ben uh, Skaronik are in uh, in the mix as well. I think Puka's going to have a couple of catches in this game, if not more. Does he break out for six or seven and have sixty plus yards? Who knows? That would be awesome. Um, is he going to have a hundred yard game this year? Hopefully, but it certainly means more targets because yeah, they target yes. Cup more than any other receiver in the like league, like fifteen times a game. Yeah, like, so. so that's exciting for Puka.
0: Yes, those 15 targets have got to be spread out. Puka Nakua is going to be, you know, he's going to benefit from this. He's in the mix
1: here. He's going to get a few more looks. Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl, executive director has been on the program, he commented on a post about this and said, Puka Nakua season. Here we go. he's big on Puka. Let's go. Okay, PFF grades Chris Brooks as the Dolphins' highest-graded undrafted free agent. What do you expect of him this season?
0: I don't know. I I don't know how much a, what is he, the fourth running back for the Miami Dolphins right now? Mm Mm-hmm i probably expect him to see some time as a special teams player, and then some mop-up duty. You know, I know the Dolphins don't want some of their star running backs to get injured, but yeah. I, I would expect to see him on, on special teams making a few plays, and then, yeah, some mop-up duty.
1: Yeah. Raheem Mostert, Salvin Ahmed, and Devon Achain are in front of him. Last year, Ahmed was the had the fourth most carries among the running backs, and he had 12 carries. So I expect somewhere in the 10 to 15 range. This sure, season. that'd be great assuming he's kind of the fourth all year. Now, there could be a situation where they either bring in a guy, or someone gets hurt, or maybe Chris is good when he's in. So that could certainly change, but the fact that he's just on the 53, I don't even need him to play that much. He made the 53. Just stay on the 53. He's he's not not good practice.
0: we're not talking about a practice team squad. He's on the 53, that is fantastic.
1: That's plenty good.
0: The G League Ignite used aspiring actor Eric Mika and podcaster for that matter, and a recent commercial to release their schedule. Here's a little clip from that.
2: I can let you know once I find out more details. A mascot? Um, I don't know, I can check for you though. You want how, how, how many tickets? Uh, my coworkers, they're cool. I think I'm kind of a
1: freak, but uh, I guess I kind of am. <laughs> Jeremy, right now,
0: is Eric Mika a better basketball player or actor?
1: I thought it was pretty good right there, uh, but he is a better basketball player, yeah.
0: Eric is a talented man. He's a renaissance man. But at the top of the list of his skills, still basketball, yes. But hey, I, he's got a future in TV in some regard after he's done playing basketball. He could
1: if he wants. Yep. He could if he wants. You're tied for second coldest average temperature in November in the new Big 12 next year. This is a thing? To Iowa State. Are we ready for this?
0: We're we're looking at the average weather temperatures for each of these Big 12 locations. Not right for now? this year, but next year. Next year, year? Yeah. okay. Uh, yes, we're ready for this. Provo's cold, like. I know that the plains of Iowa are going to be absolutely frigid. Yeah. Let's just hope that BYU doesn't have to play Iowa State in November, and it's in September or October. Outside of that, they may not play them at all. BYU's ready for
1: this. They may not play Iowa State at all. Of any of the new schools, BYU is more ready for this. Is soccer ready for this? Oh, they end the regular season October 23rd. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Nevermind.
0: TheWizOfOdds.com had AI make alternate versions of 50 iconic college football team helmets. Okay. This is what they came up with for BYU, Uh, yikes. Would this be the worst BYU helmet of all time?
1: First off, I love that our graphic does not have a question mark. It's just a statement. Worst (laughs) BYU helmet ever. (laughs) This is and would be the worst BYU football helmet. Now, if we just did like all tan, with a stretch Y on there, that could probably that, be worse. Is
0: it an upside down mountain on the helmet? I don't,
1: it looks like it just got scratched.
0: Like, I'm, I'm seeing something They just threw it down a mountain like,
1: and this is the result.
0: Like, you know the ice planet they go to an interstellar? That That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this helmet. Yeah. The the upside down ice yeah, mountain.
1: It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> the interstellar helmet, that's what we're going to call it. What? <laughs> AI, you failed on this Fail. one, And that's why we failed on the job.
0: After the break, she's the super summit awake. Eat your heart out, Tom Coughlin. Nice, Tom. Sophomore Erin Bailey of BYU Women's Soccer in Studio B. How does she and the team feel about being ranked number one in the country? It's lonely at the top. That's a great feeling. This is BYU Sports Nation. This
1: portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Lemos plays it to an open. Aaron Bailey, a shot, a score! Aaron Bailey! It's a long ball for Walbrook. Walbrook with a chip and a goal! Wing, cross from the left. And back of the net! Bailey off the touch!
0: Welcome back to BYA Sports Station live in Studio B. That young woman you just saw on the screen, she scores a lot of goals. AB7, man. She has taken time out of her very busy schedule. You know, as part of the number one team in the country now. Number one, to baby! join us in studio by Aaron Bailey. Welcome to up, BYU man? Sports Nation.
3: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: What is it like to be the number one team in the country for the first time ever as part of such a heralded BYU women's soccer program?
3: It's it's really cool. Um, honestly, it we kind of just didn't expect it because we jumped from seven to one. But it, it surprised us for sure. Like, I think we think we're a great team and we know what we can do and it's just fun to see the polls just just reflect that but at the same time we're not done it's not even halfway through the season so we got to just keep going and keep not pay too much attention to all the rankings and everything just go and every game focus on that game and not worry about the ranks or how many wins they have? How many wins we have? Just kind of focus on what we do. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: The, there's not too many things this program has not done. Number one was one of them. Win a national championship is kind of the last thing they're right, and certainly being ranked number one means hey, you've got a shot of that. What What is it about this group this year that makes it so special and gives you an opportunity do that?
3: Yeah. It's it's we have a special group. It's you can feel the energy shift from, I don't even know. I, I ever since um, I've been here, it's been awesome. We've had amazing leaders the whole time I've been here. But this year just feels a little different. I think all of our 11 seniors realize that this is this is their shot. This is the their opportunity. And so they've just done such a great job of leading the team to have great energy on the team and on the field, off the field, just be a family and just support everyone. And that just translates onto the field. And so just yeah. the great energy and the work that we've put in since last year has just Started to show, and we're not we're not done yet, but we just we just got the we just had that work in, and those leaders are really I think what are helping that to grow. So
0: Aaron Bailey of BYU Women's Soccer is on BYU Sports Nation, the number one ranked Cougars, undefeated, picked to win the Big 12. We'll get to some expectations in just a moment, Aaron, but I do want to rewind to the UCLA game. It's two to one, and the Bruins, to their credit, they cut the lead in half in the 55th minute, and then the nerves can maybe start to creep in, but you score the third goal. Okay, and at that moment, I was like, "Okay, this game, is this over. Game's over. This game is over. BYU's yeah. going to beat number one." But then you go and like you're celebrating in front of the Rock, and for a moment,
3: I'm like, "Is she going to get trampled?" <laughs> this was cra- it was like, crazy. What happened? Uh, I don't know. I was so excited. <laughs> uh, I love the Rock, by the way. Shout out to the Rock. They're so awesome. Yep. Cougar Nation. Love them, but I was just so excited, and I just uh, wanted to celebrate with my fans, ah! and I watched a lot of professional <laughs> soccer, and that's what you do. You go run over to the corner, and you celebrate, and um, so I run over, and they they got a little excited, and I think they a didn't. Little? Yeah, I don't think they expected the the barrier to break, but... Uh, I was I was terrified when it when it was falling <gasps> because I could have got seriously hurt. But honestly, now that I'm not hurt, it's so funny. But yeah, shout out also to Ellie Walbrook for lifting that off of me. So she was there. She was there to help me. Also, the funniest thing too is that I rewatched it in slow motion and someone threw a water bottle and it hit my head in the face. What? <laughs>
0: what? Who threw a water bottle? At <laughs> I you? don't know,
3: but like I didn't know that. I had so much adrenaline or whatever. Rewatched the video. I'm like. But Who threw a water bottle? Okay, I we, we've, got, down, it. we've got it in it. slow motion. Hey, and here comes the water bottle. Yeah. What are you <laughs> doing? It literally that? hits me right in the face, and what I, I didn't that? even know. So What in the world? Hold yeah. on
0: to your water <laughs> bottles. Hey, thanks for scoring that third goal and arguably the greatest home win in BYU women's soccer history. Uh, for it, you get a double knee contusion and a water <laughs> bottle to the face. You, you
1: don't throw water bottles at the people that do things that you enjoy? That's, you're so weird. I never world? even noticed that. That's hilarious.
0: No,
3: I didn't either. And I was the one that got hit. I just no. think it was just.
1: Did you crazy. feel it later or no? No. Not
3: on my face. It was yeah. just a pretty light water bottle. But I did okay. have a pretty big bruise on my foot. Yeah. But luckily nothing too too okay. bad. You were then. okay. Yeah. I
1: know I, I know those students were horrified.
2: Because <laughs> they
3: didn't
1: mean to, right? Like they didn't yeah. mean to bowl that over. But here's what happens. Like when you run over there, they want to yeah. meet you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's tough because you're so excited, but this flimsy barrier. Anyway, yeah, okay. I anyway. Think, work on the barrier a Luckily, little bit. Luckily, <laughs> you're okay, which is yeah. the number one thing here.
3: Well, I just. Yeah, that, that's. What that the is, heck? Hit the water bottle in the face. I can't get over it. That is. Well, I don't know what they're thinking. So weird. But it was honestly uh, so funny. And I had a joke with Steve, our coach, that um, my celebrations haven't gone too well. Before. <laughs> Do you have another and one
1: that didn't go You well?
3: Yeah, I had one in the one of the games that I ran over and no one ran with me. And there was no fans over there. So that was pretty embarrassing. Where are you going, Aaron? Yeah. Come on that, back. That was embarrassing. So. No,
1: Aaron, when you score, it doesn't matter. You scored. It's okay. Which, you have scored five goals in six games all off the bench. You talked about the 11 seniors. It's a senior heavy, super talented team. Yeah. How have you sort of embraced this role of, okay, when I come in, yeah. we're going to make stuff happen.
3: Yeah. Well, I think it's it's hard. It's hard accepting whatever role that you're given. I think, but I think I last year the experiences from last year, uh, I was also off the bench, but less minutes, less consistent, and I think that's really what helped me to um, understand that that's going to be my role, and I'm going to do what I can with that role. I put a lot of work in with like our mental strength t- coach and our psychologist and all that stuff because it really was hard for me to accept that but now that I am in this role I'm just excited to help the team because it's not really about me it's about the team and I think I didn't realize that at first and so now that I know it's it's about the team and I it's like I'm it's not it's different chess pieces in a game and so what the way we're gonna use each piece is gonna be like it's going to change but that's what you need and that's what fits the role and I think as, as of now it's working great and I'm just so grateful for the minutes that I do get and the opportunities I do get to help the team and to make those changes so it's fun we we call them game changers off the bench and mm. I I love that because I I'm gonna take my opportunities and I'm gonna Let's go. just go in and just make give some energy and so. it's
1: hard it's hard like you said to get to that point because you're like no I want to be a starter yeah listen next year you're gonna to start i'm just saying it now but like this group is so senior heavy yeah they need someone who's going to make an impact yeah and like it's not like you've had two goals out the way three goals it has been five and one against ucla yeah so it's it's been like super meaningful stuff so that's cool that you've gotten to that point because everyone in a given group is like wait i want to be that yeah i'm not that how do i sort of uh fit into this group yeah Wait, way to get to that point Yeah, that's yeah,
3: and it, Yeah, and it was hard because, like I said, I, I wasn't – I did want to start. I did want to make sure. more of a, dif- a difference, and I don't think I – I think I saw that in a different – I thought to make a difference I needed to be a starter or mm. to make a difference I needed to play 90 minutes or whatever, but now that I, I'm just going to give the best minutes that I get when I get in and just try to help the team because it's about the team. And so that mindset – shift is really what helped me i think
0: mm. so. i'm just glad the dasani imprint is off of your forehead now <laughs> so we're, we're all good that way okay all clear for Play the utah the game year. and now the challenge is what does byu do because you have that significant number one target on your back and i'm going to yeah. go to my dictionary of off use sports cliches and motivational motivation what is cliches, this the is, you know, no no <laughs> this is this is okay there is there is pre- – pressure is a privilege, okay?
1: Yes, right? Coach. Valid, yes.
0: valid. Pressure is a privilege. You have the pressure on. What's the key to handling that? And before a rivalry game, when they look at you and say, man, it would be uh, awesome to knock off number one. Or even get a draw. It. Or you yeah. even get a draw. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like you say, cliche, but pressure is a privilege. And I think we all understand that. Um, the core of the group, the older seniors, they've been – to the national championship they know what it's like to be in the top ranked teams and to have those big games and i think that they've just done a great job of showing us that we just play our game it doesn't none of this stuff really matters we're just going to play our game yeah. it's the same as if we weren't ranked we're going to go and just give them what we got and they're going to give us their best and we're going to hope for the Hope that the results go our way, and if we play our game, we think that they will. So I
0: know that the BYU-Utah rivalry is at the top, but I have to believe, given what happened against Utah Valley last year, when they win 4-2, to that that's in the back of your mind oh, a little 100%. bit. 100%. When you go to their field and win 6-1. to Yeah. Like, how did that factor into your preparation for that game specifically compared to, you know, the rivalry with Utah?
3: I think – the rivalry with UVU, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I feel like it. ever since that game, it's felt a lot more personal yeah. than the game with Utah. I mean, it's still it's still a rivalry for sure. It's always going to be a rivalry. But the UVU game just felt a lot more personal because we're not going to forget that we lost on Southfield because uh, we want to protect Southfield. And so going into it, I think we – it was hard coming off the the high of beating UCLA number one ranked. Yeah, and thing. then we, we got to focus up. This is the next important game. We got to just go and play our game. And that's what we do. And so I think we did remember that. And I think personally, and I would guess the rest of the team, but that will be enough fuel, that loss for a long time for us to not go easy into a game ever again. Because I think we really did. We didn't prepare as we should have and I don't think mentally we were ready for that game and I think that that showed so although it was awful last year I think that it will propel us through the future to to make sure our mindsets okay and right.
0: Yeah I'd just like to point out that uh, a few of the recent interviewees on this show from BYU women's soccer uh, specifically Bella Bella Flino and Ellie Walbrook Both happened to score goals the day that they came on the show. It's not game day today per se, but you are on the show, Aaron. So I hope you know that the power of the karma is real.
3: Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) So we expect
1: to go Saturday. That's what we're saying.
0: Hey, hey,
3: let's, yeah, I mean. (laughs) I wouldn't be mad if, <laughs> if that helps me a little bit, but yeah.
1: Okay, I've already got the tweet. We've here, yet though. to invite a crappy player on the team. <laughs> yeah, on the show, only good players. Let's hey, go.
3: Well, I appreciate that.
1: Glad you're
0: doing well. No crappy players. <laughs> <boys>. <laughs> no more water bottles to the head,
3: please. <laughs> yeah, I'd appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> love you That's guys so though. So funny. I love The Rock. So <laughs> I love That's you guys funny. though. The best.
0: Let's go, Aaron. Great to great to talk to you, and congratulations on all your Thank success you. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Up next, what do you want to see from the BYU football offense on Saturday? Maybe they can take a page from BYU women's soccer to make you feel like it's back on track. This is BYU Sports Nation. They're wearing helmets. They're good, you know? And they can can take a water bottle. BYU
1: Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Like man, like if my dad can do it, I can do it too. I want to be better than him, you know. I'm just, I'm a competitor at heart, man. And I couldn't even tell you, like, what type of person I'd be without him. So, I mean, especially where I'm from, like, it really means a lot to have a father in your life. And I'm truly grateful to say that I had my dad there the whole ride. You can watch the full version of that Aiden Robbins deep blue on the BYU TV app or byusn.com. What a great young
0: man. Ah,
1: We're gonna see story. him break out. Let's go this week feed him the rock
0: feed him the rock the a-train is coming baby Our question of the day What does BYU's offense need to do against Southern Utah for you to feel like the offense is back on track? Maybe it starts with the a-train at Cougar stats longtime friend of the program on X answers Keep Ryan Rico from winning another Ray guy award punter of the week citation.
1: It was fun for one week (laughs) But no, yeah. Spencer <laughs> Koalas on Instagram. 40 points, 300 passing yards, no false starts or delay of games. Ooh. There was some defensive delay of game game or games called because there was clapping, I believe, from the BYU defense. Listen, line, I'm, o- I'm okay with a false start a or, or something or
0: two for the game. No delay of games, though. Like, no delays of game, I should yeah. say. Like that, Books that's, of that's Mormon. Bad, Book yes. of Mormons. All right, our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated comes in from at KDG30 on Twitter or X. They need to score a 40-piece. Mm-hmm. I want to see 100 yards from Aiden Robbins and the offensive line pave the way.
1: Feels like that 40 number is kind of where most people are settling that we've heard from here. Yes. 40-plus. would love to see 50-plus. At least think. 36. Win by 30.
0: 37-7, which was the score in 2016. Fine. I'd be fine with that.
1: I think we'd take that. Yeah, I think think we take it.
0: Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: Andy Reid and Porter Ellett and Matt Bushman, the Cougs, with the Chiefs, part of the opening night in the NFL. Taking on the Lions. The NFL's back, baby.
0: Got a deep blue coming up on Porter Ellett. Uh, That's in the works as well. My old softball intramural, buddy. Let's go. Our thanks to today's guests, Chase Roberts of BYU Football and Aaron Bailey of BYU Women's Soccer. Don't throw water bottles at her. Sorry to Dennis, I'm throwing at you. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to former BYU women's soccer player Haley Cuthbert. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. Go Kooks.